Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's the only appropriate sound, but I don't think I can manage to make it. Oh my god, it's awful. It's so muggy. It's a bit much, isn't it? It's so humid, it's hot. I mean, if you live and listen to this in a swamp somewhere, you'll have no sympathy for us, because that always happens. Mm. Talk about how hot it is, then somebody emails in from a swamp. Or we uh, talk about how cold it is, and somebody emails <laughs> in from the Antarctic. Yeah, yeah. From a research station. But it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going up to... 34, I think they said in London this weekend, but it's, it's just, we're not built for it. We're not. It's deeply unpleasant. I've been topless until seconds before you arrived. I was tracking your arrival on the map, on the app that you send me ways. And then as you were nearing, I just put my shirt back on. Thank you. Well, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be topless. <laughs> no, no. Bottomless, um, yes. Oh, yeah. Bottomless, I've got regularly. no problem with, but I, do, yeah. you know, I don't like revealing my top no. at all. Even in the swimming pool, really. If I if I win that hundred and ninety million pounds on the Euro Millions tonight, I think the first thing I will do is employ a modesty technician. Who, when I go swimming, they hold up a screen around me. A modesty technician. Yes. What a job. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe I get if it's hundred ninety million, I could probably stretch to a couple of them and get some kind of sedan chair, a modesty <laughs> sedan chair with just my head poking out the top. Oh, it's so. Hot, it's, it's, it's deeply unpleasant. But I, I'm keeping this top on. Good, okay. I see men walking around in the street, mm. no top on. And uh, it's, here's the thing, I feel like, why aren't you ashamed of your body? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they're proud of it. That's why they got it well, out. The, the thing I don't understand is it, it's never or pretty much never a case of if you've got it, flaunt it. Mm-hmm. If you think about a man walking topless down the street, Mm-mm. he's not laying on a show for people to appreciate. You're saying that these are not the bodies that have been worked on in the gym. And I'm also saying that I don't think it's somebody who's got a really great body positive attitude either. It almost feels like they are oppressively imposing their bodies oh, on you, these people. Okay, okay. So we went to some football thing. I don't know if it's a World Cup or something in Portugal. Into what was it? I don't know. <laughs> it's like well, Euros, right? Yeah, so yeah. it was a big football tournament, yeah, yeah. and you know, as if the England fans weren't already making their presence felt by draping flags all over everything in the city of Lisbon and 
chanting about the Second World War, mm. felt they were also oppressively saying, and if that's not enough, here are our bellies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I just don't, I don't get that. I just get it, cover it up. Keep yourself covered. Um, Sarah wants to get an air conditioning unit. What's the point? Well, this is it. I think we only need it for three days a year. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, of, of course, it's expensive. And then there is the, the uh, guilt and shame around what you're doing to the environment. Mm. And you can't really hide it. Because from what I understand about portable air conditioners, the vent needs to go out your window. Oh, okay. So people yeah, yeah. Would, people would see it and think, look at those people. They don't care about the planet. <laughs> Look at that thing. I suppose you could drape an England flag on it. <laughs> um, anyway, just wanted to make the point that it's hot. Yes. Do you think that would do for the podcast today? Because it's the, the hottest it is in my house is here in the loft. This room is... I was okay until I came up here. Now I'm feeling a bit faint. It's awful. Why is it so hot in it's here? The top of the ha- it's the top of the house, isn't it? Yeah. And I just closed the windows because it, it was thankfully starting to rain. But yeah. it might have stopped. Should yeah. we open the window again? I think we might need some. Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. oh. So we're, we, we are suffering for our, I mean, I hesitate to call it art. Oh, that like non-existent cool breeze. <laughs> yeah. What's that, some stagnant hot air? You got that now? That air's a bit better. Okay. Maybe a pigeon will fly in or something. It's a bit exciting. A, a layer of excitement to yeah, the podcast. Like us up. Um, I was going to uh, I was going to start by telling you about this. This is some research published by the American Psychological Association. That was in the news the last couple of days. It's from the University of Pittsburgh. Ready for this? Yeah. People consistently underestimate how much others in their social circle might appreciate an unexpected message to say hello. Oh. Like a text or a call or an email. Yeah, yeah. Not me. You wouldn't appreciate it because then you feel the stress of having to reply to it. Yeah, yeah. somebody gets in touch with me. Here's what I think, admin. Ad- oh, right. There's another thing to go on the to-do list. Yeah, yeah, because you've got to think of reply. Yep, and, yeah. yep. Now, the the worst is when somebody just texts, hi, I was thinking about you. Because then what am I supposed to do with that? Good to hear from you. Hope all's well. I feel like I've got to give them something in response. Or, or mm. how are you? It's really the laziest way to get in touch with somebody. Do you feel like you have Tell to say... Tell me something or give, give me a, a, a fact, an observation or ask me a question. Don't just say, hi, how are you? Do you feel like you have to say, well, that's funny, I've been thinking about you too because you don't want to feel, like, them to feel left out? Absolutely not. I won't do anything to encourage these people. <laughs> I don't think... Any, I'm feeling a bit sad. I don't think anyone's ever sent me that kind of message, like a sort of a checking in, like, hi, how... No, there's always a reason for it. I will get them from time to time from somebody I work with 15 years ago or something. Really? Hi. How are things? None of your business. We don't really know each other anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, we're not friends. We not, never were. You, that's not what you write, though, is no, it? No, but it's no, what I think. That's what you're thinking, yeah. Um, <laughs> do I seem more crutchety than usual in this heat? Touch. <laughs> this, uh, this news story also said, the more surprising the connection the greater the appreciation. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't, because I thought about this. So um, some years ago, I stayed in my friend Malik's flat in Stockholm while he was on holiday. And he left his keys with the neighbour, so I've got her number in my phone. (laughs) 
if I text and say, hi, it's Malik's friend, Jeff. I collected some keys from you in 2014. How are things? It'd certainly That's, be surprising. Yeah, but yeah. Not, not appreciated, no, I don't think. not at all, yeah. no. Um, I looked through my phone to think who, who would be the most unlikely person I could text. Oh, yeah. I think it's David Dickinson. <laughs> The antiques, wrote, uh, the antiques expert. I think he's probably changed his number since you accidentally called him on Christmas Day several times. <laughs> it was so weird because he he insisted on giving me his number. I'm not just going to ring somebody I interviewed and say, "Hi, it's me. Remember, I interviewed." I think it's a really nice gesture. Yeah, yeah. But what am I supposed to do with mm-hmm. it? Well, so um, so yeah, as Annabelle did mention, I did accidentally yeah. sit on my phone on Christmas Day and repeatedly dial him. <laughs> and it also, I could see that it had been answered. Oh, no. Oh, and it's so nicely answered. Don't you think? Well, it was a home phone, I think. <laughs> so his landline would be going gave, on Christmas Day. He gave you his home phone number. I don't think he had a mobile. <laughs> that must have been so annoying. Just someone's bum ringing them over and over again. Oh, yeah. no. Um. I was trying to remember the story about you having Louis Walsh's number, but I couldn't quite bring the detail oh, to mind. Oh, how did I get that? I don't think even I can remember that. It was some challenge we did on the radio show, and I think I somehow managed to persuade his PA to give me his number. Her number. They lost their job. <laughs> but he did change his number. So I did used to try and ring it every now and then just for fun, and then eventually it just yeah it was disconnected. Hang on, no, 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 no. There's a you, you skirted over. You went from oh I think he did change his number. Yeah, it was disconnected. It was a bit in the middle. You tried to ring it just for fun. Yeah, a few times. So tell me about that. Oh, you know, when a few drinks. I know. Let's ring Louis Walsh. It'd be funny. And and what would then happen? I would know. They just ne- would never answered. It was never answered there, and then eventually got disconnected. <laughs> yeah, maybe it just blocked you. Probably, probably. Can we try it now? Shall we? What if I still got <laughs> in there? Let's have a look. <laughs> what if it rings and he answers? Let's see. I'm not speaking if he answers. Okay. You have to carry the conversation. Louis, <laughs> I've still got it. Have you still got it? <laughs> still got it. Did you say that as Louis Walsh? <laughs> yes, and I've put. Better still, Louis Walsh underneath X Factor. <laughs> Why did I write X Factor? Like I might get confused with someone I worked with 10 years ago. No, it's, I think you did that in case somebody stole your phone. Then right. they'd think, oh, there's this woman hobnobbing with the likes of Louis right. Walsh okay. from X Factor. I'm calling him. Oh, you are calling yeah, Come on. Okay, call I'm going silent now. Yeah, yeah, disconnected. So you're going to yeah. delete the number from your no, phone? I'll keep it just because it's funny. <laughs> Now, when I say that I don't like people getting in touch with me and it's just admin, I don't mean the drifters, of course. Oh. We always welcome your stories. We've got one entry, just one, okay. into our list of depictions of drifters in culture. Mm-hmm. It's from Supreme Countess Sarah. I think that the second Mrs. De Winter in Rebecca must be the poster girl for drifting. I'm sure many of us would have also adopted the port protocol and tried to hide the pieces of china so the (laughs) housekeeper wouldn't find out we'd broken something in our own home. (laughs) There we go. We've got our first one on the list. Great, great, great. We did something that came up last week. Maybe Mm. it'll go nowhere judging. I mean, that was good, but we'd like a few more of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, um, you know, who's the ultimate fictional drifter? 
Uh, and this is a quick one from Susan in Ontario, Canada. I've asked Annabelle to make these quick because of the heat. <laughs> in fall 1969, I was 17 and a new university student in the big city of Winnipeg. My rented room was a 15-minute bus ride from the campus. Every day I joined a few other chilly students at the bus stop. One morning a car stopped, the door opened. Yay! A driver took pity on us. How nice of him. We all got in. Then they all started chatting with him in a familiar way. I stayed quiet in the back seat until we arrived. So thank you. Got out. Never saw them again, thank God. And obviously never forgot the embarrassment. <laughs> Is that the longest that that might be that might have set a new drifter's record mm. for um Longest cringe. Yes, nineteen sixty nine. Yes, I think it is fifty three years. Yes, and still thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Can you beat that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, This is from Bethan. I was very recently on a short break in Aberystwyth with my husband Tommy and our two dogs Agatha and Dorothy. We were staying in an apartment, and one evening decided to pick up some ingredients and cook dinner rather than eating out again. We walked to the local spa, which I hadn't previously been into, but appeared to be a particularly large branch of the shop, and I expected there would be plenty of food options to choose from. My husband would wait outside with the dogs while I nipped in to buy some ingredients. Once inside, I realised that while the shop appeared large, there were in fact only two aisles of food, and the others were dedicated to alcohol, it is a student town, and incredibly overpriced household supplies – £4.50 for a roll of foil. Is it made of aluminium or gold? There were also a couple of small fast food outlets stowed away at the back of the shop, one selling some kind of shiny cooked chicken and the other offering pizza slices. But these weren't viable options due to my annoyingly specific dietary requirements. I returned to the food aisles to resume my search. I hadn't planned what meal I was going to cook, so I had no list of ingredients to search for. I decided to just wing it. But faced with a selection too small to be spoiled for choice, but too large to have my hand forced into picking something, I found myself beginning to go blank. I stood in front of a chiller cabinet for no less than 10 minutes, staring at all the different (laughs) packages of food, contemplated them, but frozen, unable to make a choice. I glanced outside where my husband and the dog stood across the street and he gestured wildly, mouthing things like, what is going on? As he'd had a full view of me, paralysed in front of the giant fridge, just standing there as if someone had removed my batteries and I'd simply power down or become inanimate like Kim Cattrall in Mannequin any time someone other than Andrew McCarthy was looking at her. I roused myself and began walking up and down the aisles, desperately scanning them for inspiration. I started to pick things up. Disparate items of tinned and fresh foods, things that wouldn't go together even if Heston Blumenthal forced them into a (laughs) surreal culinary marriage. I looked at the items in my hands and then panicked, realising I couldn't make a meal out of them, that even if I wanted to, we didn't have the cooking equipment required. Panicking, I put them back on the shelves, then repeated this process of shuffling up and down the two aisles, (laughs) picking random things up before putting them back. And every time I passed the front door, I saw my husband looking increasingly bemused. (laughs) What is happening? Come on, he would mouth at me. After about 25 minutes, I finally managed to pick out some food, a frozen pizza for my husband and gluten-free bread rolls with pulled pork for myself. Yes, it took me that long to pick out these items. I cannot explain it other than to say that I was somewhat tired and sun-drunk after a long day exploring. Then it was time to go to the till. The young man behind the counter was separated from me by a clear plastic divider with just enough space at the bottom to return scanned items to me. 
As he was sliding my shopping out to me, I managed to take hold of my bread rolls, then drop them. But in the process of dropping them, panic and attempt to catch them. But instead of ending, but instead ended up batting them around with my hands like a cat playing tetherball <laughs> until they finally landed and I shoved them into my backpack. Then he slides the next item through and being eager not to drop or fumble it, I, <laughs> I lean in to grab it and headbutt the plastic divider. Very obviously and audibly headbutt it as if I hadn't seen it. Like I didn't understand that see-through things can also be solid. My head whacked at it like a bird smacking into an overly clean window. Okay, that's uh, £20, four pence, please, the slightly nervous looking man tells me. Oh, God, I only have a £20 note on me. I am four pence short. What am I to do? Oh, uh, sorry, I'm I'm four pence short, I say, handing over the 20. Can you wait a moment? My husband's outside. I can get the money off of him. I can leave my backpack with you if you like. <laughs> Collateral. <laughs> no, no, it's OK, he assured me with a pitying look. Leave my backpack with him as collateral for four pence worth of shopping. <laughs> I scurried outside to my exasperated husband, explaining the issue. He gave me five pence and sent me back inside, where I promptly handed it over, and, un- and upon receiving my penny change, hand-fistedly shoved it into a charity tin. I may be unable to make choices in a timely manner, grasp my shopping without dropping and tossing it around, or avoid headbutting very visible <laughs> dividers, but at least I'm terribly philanthropic. Oh. Once outside, my husband informed me that from his vantage point, he'd had a lovely view of the discreet security guard trailing me up and down the two aisles <laughs> without me even noticing. We ate out for the rest of the trip and, of course, stayed well away from the spa. I'm never going into a shop again. Oh, that was magnificent. <laughs> it was. Please uh, send us your story of trying to pass as a normal human being and, and failing miserably. Uh, the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Okay, a couple of things from my week. The first is kind of a quandary. So there's a woman that I see roughly twice a day, four days a week. Where do you think I'm seeing her? In the mirror. <laughs> no, good guess. Come on, there's only one other place. Um, well, it's, it's either preschool or Sainsbury's, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be a bit, bit weird for me to go to Sainsbury's that much. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the preschool queue. It's another parent. It's a mum. She's not someone I've ever really spoken to because I don't speak unless spoken to mm, in the preschool. Quite right. Because yeah. I've got nothing interesting to say. And she's only ever made a few comments to me, saying, so, you know, we're not friends. Now, she's got very long, wavy hair. She turned like up Liberace? At, yeah, like Liberace, yeah. She, t- she turned up... Had at, lots of wavy <laughs> hair like Liberace, Mr. Summer. She turned up a few days ago. She's had it cut into a longish bob with a long fringe. It looks great. It's been blow-dried. Looks also looks great. The waviness is gone. It just looks really okay, good. Okay. It's like, like a sort of slightly 70s vibe. I okay. really like it. Now, I know there is nothing worse than someone drawing attention to a change in your appearance. It's why I've had the same haircut most of my life, because it's embarrassing when someone says, oh, you've had your haircut. I don't know why, but it is. Yes. So like, stop looking at me. Don't look at yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I know I shouldn't say anything, but at the same time, it's such a dramatic change that it feels rude to ignore it, even though we don't really sp- speak. So like, what, what should I do in this situation? I don't know. It's, this reminds me a bit of tattoos. When somebody gets like a really prominent tattoo mm. 
Um, and everything in you is wanting to say, oh, you got a new tattoo. What's, mm. What does that signify? Mm, mm. And then you hear people tattoos go, I just really hate it when people ask me about my tattoos. Oh, right. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then if sometimes that's all you can think about because it's just there in front of you. Yeah, and, and yeah, the clothes we wear, the thing, the way we wear our hair, the tattoos people put on the bodies, they're all, you're all, they're all about sort of making a statement of some sort. Mm. So imagine you've had a dramatic hair change. Do you want someone you don't know very well to mention it or not? I, d- I don't. No. No. When I think it now, now I've said it out loud. Yeah. And I'm thinking about it. I but, want them to ignore think, it. Like, if, if you think about what making a statement is, mm. be like going into the middle of a town square with a megaphone and shouting something down it and somebody going, sorry, what did you say? And like, oh my God, why are you asking me what I just said? <laughs> but it was just a haircut. <laughs> but I see your point. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is what I do. I say, oh, I love your hair. And she immediately looks mortified that I've drawn attention to her appearance. So I should shut up now, but I keep going. I'm blurting stuff about how it's so different. And she says, not to her because she has big changes every few years, which slights me a bit. So I start going on now about how it must feel so different when she washes it. What? What? When when you're rinsing out the shampoo, there's so much less hair. What? How it must feel so much lighter. What? It's all awful. And luckily, my son leaves in two weeks. so I'll have to uproot him and find somewhere new. Okay, second thing. Okay. Yesterday I was cycling home with my son through the woods when one of his fingers... Have you never listened to any fairy stories? <laughs> through the woods? <laughs> when, one of, when one of his fingers gets stung by a stinging nettle. Mm. When was the last time he got stung by a stinging nettle? I want to say 2020. Oh, recently? Mm. Hurts so bad, right? Mm. Does it surprise you how much yeah. it hurts? When Sarah moved here from the States, she got stung by a nettle and they don't have stinging nettles and she wanted to go to A&E. They don't have stinging nettles in America. Certainly, she she would she didn't know what it was and, and why it was why her leg was tingling. This is so interesting to me because I can't quite believe we let them exist. If it was say lamp posts or fences or post boxes causing this kind of injury, like we'd do something about it, wouldn't we? What eradicate them? Yeah. Well, no, we'd sort out the problem. Mm. Anyway, he's got stung. Do you think they should put a sign up? No, I just I saw a thing. They should get rid of them. Okay. Respectfully disagree. Anyway, he's got. I think that's true of, say, for example, a ravine. We should just fill them all in because people might fall into. No, no, no. It's different. It's different. Different. Doesn't sting as much. Anyway, so he's been stung and he's telling me how much it hurts, and then he remembers the cure and he says, "Mummy, get a dock leaf." Do you oh think? Do you think I know what a dock leaf looks like? I don't think. I think everyone's just guessing what a dock leaf. Looks do you like. think so? I think I know what one looks like, but then I've just. I, I don't know that it's necessarily true that dock leaves are always near nettles. Do you not think so? No. So I think like a lot of people are just grabbing at what they think might be a dock leaf. Oh, do you, I really hope so. Yeah, I think so. Because I'm usually with Tom, and he like knows the name of everything in the natural world. But for me, every single leaf looks the same. I cannot tell the difference. They're all just green and kind of leaf shaped. Yes. So I'm pretending, then like maybe everyone else is, pretending to look for a dock leaf while yes. my son wails. And I can just see leaves. And in fact, they all kind of look like stinging nettles to me. And I don't want to rub his <laughs> finger better with a stinging nettle. So what I do is I really concentrate and find one that I'm pretty sure is not a stinging nettle. I don't know what it is. It's just a leaf. And I pick it and I rub it all over his finger and say, here you go. Here's the dock leaf. This will make it better. Because I don't want to admit to my four-year-old that I just don't know what they look like. 
And he's saying, it's not working. It still hurts. So I rub harder and say, that's weird. <laughs> I'm a terrible parent and a useless human being. But one good thing is I plan now to contact each of the Tory leader hopefuls and say, just tell everyone you're going to get rid of stinging nettles and it'll be a shoo-in. <laughs> so hopefully that'll all be sorted out. Me going there to this music that's been made there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's also going to sound really good on the big speakers. It's the day before I'm due to interview the people or person mm -hmm. that have made it. Mm -hmm. So I have to go one day and then go back the next. See? Yep, got it. So the first day I go, they need somebody in there who's going to press play on the music for me. Mm-hmm. And then just sit and check that I neither record it on my phone or spill my cup of tea into the equipment or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I meet the chap. He seems perfectly nice. He is quite young and he has had nothing to do with the making of this music. Mm -hmm. He's just there to supervise me. He's somebody who works at the studios and he's there to press play and supervise me. Can I just say how awful it is to listen to music with someone else in the room? Because even so, I I was at the if you imagine a uh, a studio, I was at the big mixing console, and he was sat on a chair way back at the back of the room reading a magazine, but I still felt the need after every song, or sometimes during a song, if there was a lively drum solo or a bit of synthesizer going off or something, I still felt the need to kind of turn around and go, <laughs> you know, do a nod. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or like a guitar solo face or something. Oh. It's impossible. It is one of the worst things in the world is to have to listen to music and feel like you need to give a facial reaction yeah. to somebody else as you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Just the worst. Mm, mm, mm. It reminded me of when um, Chris Martin from Coldplay would come on our radio show. He'd leave the room when his records were playing, and I don't blame him. Oh, well, it made it so much easier for us because we could yeah. listen to it without feeling under without pressure going, to be like, oh, going, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm, oh, I'm mm. going to just start grooving a bit to this. It's so, mm, oh, it's mm. so uncomfortable. The only time to listen to music with other people, I think, is if you're both facing forward, and like maybe in a car. I think that's the best environment to listen to music with other people. Yeah, yeah. No eye contact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I could ask him to take me for a ride. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Next time this artist or artists make an album. Um so that was that. What else was I going to tell you about? Oh, um, I went to my dad's this weekend because it was the uh, the anniversary of my mum dying. And um, there's an Indian restaurant that's really quite good close to where he lives. But it's infuriating in that you check the opening hours on their website and on Facebook. You double check it. And I'm, I'm quite a late eater, so is Sarah. Mm. So we'll go there late but within its opening hours mm. and a couple of times we got there and said oh sorry we're not serving like, but it says on your website you close at this time yeah yeah we're, we're closing out for tonight and very you've annoying. got no power you've got no power no none very annoying i'm not gonna go away and write a trip advisor review am i <laughs> that's what other people would do yeah but, but not, no, not you, no, no it's not acceptable so so anyway sure enough we we plan to go to this place it says on the website they're open till 10 30 we turn up at 9 50 the guy says, oh, sorry, I can't, can't seat you. Because there's loads of empty tables. So just a table for two, we'll order quickly. says, no, no, we can't do it. says, I can uh, serve you a takeaway if you like. Mm. And I thought, no, I'm not going to re reward this behaviour. <laughs> I'm not going to reward this behaviour by giving you my money. So I look at Sarah and say, oh, there's another place just around the corner. Let's go there. We do. Mm. We get there. Mm. So have you got a table for two, please? They say, "Oh, we're just uh, we're just closed now, but we could do your takeaway if you like. We like if you like. This place isn't as good. We've eaten at it before, right?" I say, "Sure, that's fine." <laughs> because I would rather eat the worst food, <laughs> yeah, uh, than than 
give the good place my mm. money for the exact same behaviour that the less good place is exhibiting. How dare they be flexible with their time? Yeah, yeah, How dare they? What yeah. do you think living in some like yeah. some place in the Mediterranean yes. where they could be all casual about these things? So we got takeaway food from the other place and then went sat on a bench outside the first place. You didn't. As if to make a point. You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what was weird. I wasn't I don't know if this is in any way interesting. I suspect it isn't. Um So seagulls. It's by the sea. Right. So seagulls started, these three or four seagulls started um, crowding around us because we got food. Mm. But I didn't have, I didn't have any, anything a seagull could eat, I don't think. And then Sarah put some taka dal in a foil container down on the floor. Mm. And this seagull went nuts eating dal. Should I be worried about that? They'll eat anything. I know, but... They'll eat your face if they could. Oh, well, I know. Yeah. I'm just worried that it's irresponsible to give a seagull dal. You might have had a bit of an upset time either. Well, so it's not the seagull, it's the people of the <laughs> town that I'm worried about. Yeah, true. It's gonna... The other weird thing was, um, so on the Saturday night, I had to go to the shop. Sarah stayed at my dad's house and uh, she asked me to get a look, her bottle of wine. And the supermarket was in, didn't have any refrigerated. So I Googled wine shop and I found one a five minute walk away. When I got there, it closed down. But then I looked across the road and there was a very cheap and cheerful off-licence. Okay. So I went in there. Now, I have not had a drink for 20-odd years mm. and I've forgotten which wine is good and which wine is bad. Sarah is a bit of a snob, so in, in that she's hard to please. Mm. Now, it's theoretical that she can have a cheap bottle of wine. You know, she could find a che- good cheap bottle of wine. Mm. But if she asks me to get it, it for her i don't know what i'm doing so i just look for italy or france mm-hmm. and then somewhere between 15 and 20 pounds okay that's my approach right okay. and the the label i don't want any kind of novelty label right okay it's just gonna look very traditional <laughs> how you do it yeah because okay. i don't know what i'm doing okay yeah, yeah. so i go in there and there's no french or italian wines or spanish you know they're all from I don't know North Korea or um, <laughs> Greenland or what. I mean, there's and the, the, they're all between four and four pounds and six pounds seventy nine. Right. And I just don't know what to do in this situation because mm-hmm. it is completely conceivable. You hear about it all the time. Oh, this bottle of wine's dirt cheap, but it's excellent. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't know and I don't drink, so I'm in a panic. And then I see the one bottle of wine that doesn't fit this profile. Mm. It is French. It does have an oldie worldy label. Yeah. And it is £17.99. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Take it to the till. The man scans it. Beep. He then... I'm trying to think if I can just give you a sense. He lets out uh, an expletive, the F expletive. Yeah. Followed by ing hell. Right, okay. Yeah, we think we all, we've all worked it out. He goes, he says that. He goes, that's expensive. Are you sure you want that? Right. Because it's at such a different price point yeah, to all yeah, the other yeah, wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, should I be amazed that he's the worst salesperson ever? <laughs> and that I've, I've met him. Are you sure him? you want that? <laughs> yeah. Or is he insulting me? Oh. That I just don't look like somebody who. Would be a, is it that nobody has ever bought a seventeen ninety nine bottle yeah, of wine yeah. before, or is it that I look like I can't afford it and he's trying to do me the favour, saving you the embarrassment of having your card declined? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. 
So yeah, I said, no, no, I didn't realise that. And then I, I swapped it for a bottle. You didn't. North Korea. You, so. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> Time for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Annabelle, from whom is the first one? Laura, who writes, I'm a member of our local Lido, which is operating at reduced capacity due to the chlorine shortage. Didn't know about that. I didn't either. No. I've got loads downstairs. <laughs> It says under the hot day protocol on the website that season ticket holders have priority for entry when there is a queue and that this is relayed to the public. But unfortunately, there isn't two signposted lanes like at airport boarding gates with one lane priority. I see others stroll past queuing peasants up to the front, sometimes smugly, but I really hate appearing to queue jump. I find it especially awkward because the entrance archway is quite narrow and I arrive with my toddler in the buggy and loaded with the baggage. So I usually have to ask the people at the front to excuse me what's to make you wait even longer oh. how do i do this with confidence or should i just set off earlier and queue or not go on nice sunny days tricky i think you're entitled to seize what is yours yes so you shouldn't have to not do it but yes. so how do you do it then without feeling bad about it is there something you could be saying, like, season ticket holder coming through? Oh, oh God. God, I hate myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe you could, is there something physical you could brandish? Could you be on the phone every day saying, oh, I'm just, hang on a second, I've just got to go to the front. Every time I do this, I want to die. I'm a season ticket holder, but I feel really awful for the other people in the queue. Like that? On the phone, pretending to have that conversation. Yeah. Every day. Every day. <laughs> every time. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Any any other ideas? No, I don't have anything better than that. Um, ask for your own entrance. That's not really an option, no. Ask, a shy ask. Ben gets out. Maybe you could parachute in. I think my option was more realistic. <laughs> Tunnel. Tunnel in. Could you just say, sorry, 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 sorry. Well, she's doing that anyway, isn't she? Is there yeah. some way... So, sorry, season ticket Because you mumbled to yourself. No. Oh, I know. She's got a toddler with her. You do it's... what you always do. Come on. Let's say his name's Harry. Come on, Harry. We're season ticket holders, remember, so we could go, we could go to the front. Oh, yeah, yeah, Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 Use yeah, your yeah, toddler yeah, as, yeah. as, as yes, the loudspeaker. Yes, yes, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Next one's from It's Alice. like a stage whisper. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Alice says, we often go to church on Sunday with our son. He's generally pretty well behaved for a seven-year-old. Not perfect because he's seven and an hour is a long time, but okay and at least fairly quiet. The problem is that there's a younger child that he knows from school who has started coming to sit with us. His dad just lets him wander over, even if it's nowhere near where he's sitting, and doesn't even come and check that we don't mind or that he's behaving. We are basically providing free childcare for an hour. The kid also doesn't seem to be able to whisper or talk quietly, so I have to keep shushing him, which I feel really uncomfortable doing. He's extremely loud, and of course my son misbehaves more when he's got someone else to play with because it's way more interesting messing about than colouring puzzles listening. But I feel like I can only tell my son off, which isn't really fair. I don't know how to stop the other boy coming over. I don't want to be mean and send him back to his dad because he's a nice boy and I don't want to upset him or get him in trouble. We tried moving around the church, but he seeks us out. I hope this doesn't sound really snooty. It's not like we dislike him or anything. I just enjoyed having a bit of peace and quiet and not having to worry about disturbing other people. Also, I know it's probably not very holy of me to feel this way, but I want my peace and quiet back and the worry of looking after someone else's child gone. Please don't judge me. That's what all the other people in the church are for. 
Oh, I would struggle with this. I think that's very difficult. Yeah, I think so. So, oh, it's so hard. I don't know what you would do. So, it's it's really contingent on. So, th- there's a version of events where you can kind of sit as far back as you can, um, and hope that the disturbance is is contained. Mm. Um, but that doesn't help you with your enjoying your no moment in church and the feeling like you're sort of doing childcare of someone else's child. Yeah, is there something a passive aggressive you could say to the dad? Say, oh, enjoy. Did you enjoy your child-free hour? Mm. No. Is there anything to say? What type of church it is? No. I mean, let's just to to make things easy. Assume it's a Christian church. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in the Bible? What happens in the Bible? So in the beginning. There was the word, Adam and Eve, there's a snake, casting a snake. If we're looking for answers in the Bible, I'd suggest yeah. that politely we're not the best ones to do this. Revelations, the spirit gets very apocalyptic. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff happens in between though, isn't there? A there's lot, a lot. There's the detail. There's that guy and the pillar of his wife turned into some salt. Or lots, he into lots salt? of wife, yeah. Um, he was the one who spilled his seed. That's probably not relevant in this situation. I would suggest not, no. Um, plagues of locusts, no. Good Samaritan. Good Samaritan. Slaughtering firstborn. Oh, it's given me an idea. It depends where this kid is in the family. <laughs> uh, go on, Could go on. you get the, let's call him the vicar, could you get the vicar, the person who's doing the speaking, could you get them to do a lesson targeted at the father. Passive aggressive sermon. Yes. This is yes. great. Yes. Yes. The 11th commandment. Yeah. <laughs> We've just found a new one. No. Something, yeah, something along the lines of not relying on others, keeping your children. I don't know. I, mean, you'll have to, I don't know about these things. You'd have to work it out for yourself. Could you, could you um, this is so undriftery, but is there like something where you could say to this kid's dad, let me ask you a question. How would you feel about a system where one week ah. our kid comes over and sits with you and then we get to really focus on what's being said. Oh. The word of the Lord that's being preached. But you've given me another idea Go there. On. Every other week. Don't, don't have this awkward conversation. Every other week, say to your son, you can have six packets of Smarties if you go over to the other family right away and don't leave. And then you get every other week, you get a break. And yeah. don't say anything. Yeah. I mean, not go from a sort of tooth decay point of view. No, no. I mean, you know, adapt that to what small, you want. A small price to a pay. Small, a small treat. I think that's as good as we're going to mm. get, isn't it? Yeah, just send him it. So then every other week you get a week off. Could you creep this kid out some way? Um, Could you make it so unpleasant for this kid that he doesn't want to come near you again? What, with smells or...? Could you start some kind of um, smear campaign against your son where this kid <laughs> no longer wants to be friends with him? I'm not sure about that. No. Okay. Well, all right. I think you're, you're smarties. Okay. Uh, only smarties have the answer. Well, there you go. And that's our podcast. Thank you for listening. 
If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, you want to know what the rules, we'll tell you what the rules are. Email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Same email address if you can contribute to uh, our currently very short list of great drifters in fiction, or if generally you have a story about your inability to behave like a regular human being who knows all the aforementioned rules. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And, um, oh, I'm, I'm 4P sure. Um, I, I just pop outside. Look, I'll, I'll, leave my, I'll leave my backpack here with you as collateral. Is that okay? This comes from Patrick Nee, who says, Sup, Annabelle and Jeff. Sup. Sup. Having seen the signal go up on Facebook with the bulldog clip being empty, I thought that I'd submit a podication for two people who, as far as I know, have yet to be on the receiving end of one. Those two people are Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. That's me. That's me. I, th- I do think we might have had the odd podication before now. We have, but, but it's always nice. But, yeah, it's really nice. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, I, I think Patrick and the handful of people who do request them for us are just very thoughtful. Mm. And just speaking of the bulldog clip and the request going up on Facebook, um, we, we are taking submissions. We are in a famine phase of mm. the famine or feast phenomenon that is the podication. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, now's a good time if you want one. Hello at adriftpodcast.com, which I'll repeat at the end. Um, So Patrick says, I've been a listener for around 15 years since the days of the Jeff show, and I know that there are other drifters who have had you as their friends and their ears for even longer, whether it be the breakfast show or back in the Manchester radio days, RIP Pete. Spaceman Pete, we salute you. Um, This podication is to celebrate... All of the great memories from the shows over the years. This is good because if um, Patrick's about to list some of them, it might jog our memories because mm, mm. ours are the worst. We yeah. never remember anything. The 101 phone in topics. Oh, yeah. yeah. 101. Yeah, yeah. And we'd add to them. Um, one of them being words that you are underconfident in saying. <laughs> There is a specific one that still haunts Annabelle. I said that earlier. Did you hear it? No. Did you Did you get yeah. through it without incident? Oh, well, no. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't pick up yeah. on it. It was a bit fumbly, but I, tr- I really went ahead had a go at it. So. I have those all the time. I just can't bring them, bring them to mind. Uh, the good points well made on porting controversy. That was good, wasn't it? it was, you're just sort of being angry about anything yeah. on any given night. People's extreme laziness are always good, and we've revisited that somewhat mm. recently on the podcast. Drunk versus stone. Oh. Um, Jeff seeking the help of Gail Porter and Ulrike Johnson <laughs> to win Rear of the Year. I don't remember trying to win yet Rear of the Year. <laughs> oh, I do. But now I feel robbed. <laughs> uh, the bulging post bag. Um, Prince Charles and Steve McFadden, like bygones be bygones. Oh, wow. God, remembering that. <laughs> that that's, that's a long time ago. And of course, all of Annabelle's challenges. And then in more recent years, Adrift, which I like to think of as the good stuff from the radio without the Kaiser Chiefs or Kasabian interrupting. <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, I'm partial to a bit of Kaiser Chiefs. I think there's a sense of humour to what they did. Yeah. I'm not sure that I'd necessarily be uh, thinking, oh, what am I going to listen to tonight? A Kaiser Chiefs mm-hmm. album, but I feel warmly towards them. Mm-hmm. like Ricky a lot. Um, unlucky. 
he was a bear. Both still make me chuckle when I think of the mug chat. And of course, there was the story of the Mile End incident. <laughs> mug chat nearly split this podcast, didn't it? Yeah, it was funny there. Yeah, it really caused I, a lot of division. I loved yeah. mug chat. People who I thought would have been big mug, mug chat fans mm. despised it. We should have done it as a spin-off podcast, a separate yes. thing for those who yes, liked it. Yes, yes, If we'd have known it was going to be so divisive. Yeah. Uh, so Patrick says, so thanks, Annabelle and Jeff. Keep up oh. the adequate work. Many thanks and all the best wishes, Patrick Nee. Oh, Patrick, 15 years. That's great to know that. Uh, I don't know if, you know, if, um, you'd be able to go on Mastermind and able to answer questions about every single uh, programme that we've done in those 15 years. If not, I never want to hear from you again. No, but, Imagine um, being the researcher to write those questions. That'd be so weird. <laughs> so hard. No, but that's lovely. I, I really, you know, it's thr- when you do something like this and you've been doing it a long time, it's thrilling if a new person discovers it and likes it. Mm-hmm. And it's also thrilling if somebody's been with you for ages as well. It's just, honestly, it's constantly a lovely thing that people listen to this podcast. Yeah. And um, I really enjoyed that, Patrick. And I really enjoyed the uh, the memories. don't know how much Annabelle enjoys mention of Drunk versus Stone. I'm, I'm fine with it now. You've healed? Yeah, yeah, I have healed, yeah. I got a twinge irritation. <laughs> <laughs> but really, no, I just think of it really warmly. And that was more about it. remembering answering the phone. Oh, that, it was only, it was yes. only answering yeah. the other. The rest of it was yeah. fine. Yeah. Lovely, yeah. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for that little uh, uh, trip down. I'm trying to think of a different, a less cliched way of saying memory lane. What is it? Why break something? Why break something? <laughs> I'm too hot. <laughs> I'm not going to talk anymore. Yeah. You see, if it was just radio, it could be a flick around the memory memory wavelength, memory dial, mm-hmm. or a podcast. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. know. We've done enough here. It's yeah, very hot. It's very hot. We'll leave it there. Just yeah. say memory lane. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. What uh, broke ain't fix it. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, all right, Patrick, thank you. And if you'd like a podication, please email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.